You're listening to The Full Broadside. everyone and welcome to another edition of the full broadside i am a host cyberjock i am joined as always by mr stock how you doing sock i'm doing ah good sweet short to the point i like it how you doing kj (laughs) i'm doing all right i was wondering if you how you were going to finish that a host i was wondering if there was a hole coming in after that but that's okay i'm doing fine (laughs) and nimitz how's it going (laughs) Going good. Um, I don't know if there's any college baseball fans out there, but the number one Arkansas Razorbacks just put up 21 runs today. I'm excited, and uh, I'm ready to do this show. Don't they have a mercy rule in college sports? Uh, they do during the regular season, but not during the Super Regional or the College World Series. Wow, that's... That's a little much, but all right. Nightmare, how you doing? I'm good. I'm just staring at this download screen for the t- sub-test server, and it's at 99%. And um, it hasn't moved in a bit, so I might have to take action. What kind of action are you going to take? I'm curious. Going to kill it. And open it up Speaking and see of which, happens. I should get that downloaded. I think I still have the last instance of... Wait, oh no, I do have the subversion downloaded. It's super test server that I need to download. Never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> Mando, how's it going? I am super, thanks for asking. Although my win rate <laughs> took probably the biggest nosedive the last couple of nights due to the influx of potato-osity in the game. But other than that, life is great. How about you? <laughs> You know what? It's okay because we here don't really give a rat's patoot about stats. And yeah, I Man- said patoot. <laughs> Mando, I wasn't playing with you. You couldn't have been a potato on your team. No, it was strictly all my fault because I am the king potato that's out there on you know on on the uh, the server. So uh, I blame nobody but myself. <laughs> all right. Well, today we've got uh, a couple of special guests with us to talk some clan battles. And uh, since since Wolfpack Alpha struggles to get out of uh, the, the first couple of levels or, or leagues, whatever they call or, them, you or know, overweight. Right. It's kind of <laughs> a potato division. Yeah. Yeah. We, we struggle at times. But you know what? We make an appearance. We get some wins. We get some losses. We have a good time. Uh, but for those that are more serious, uh, Sock recruited a few buddies that uh, are, are, are pretty good gamers out there, it sounds like. So uh, with us today, Swifto and Serpent, how are you two guys doing? I'm doing good, doing good. I've uh, been listening to the podcast for a while and happy to finally join in. Good yeah. to have you. Well, this is only my, only my second time on the podcast, I think. Last time I was just a listener, but I'm happy to join in eating my aggressive salad right now. 
Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how yeah. it kind of works around here. We, you know, you come and visit in our chat room, and sometimes we just put you on the spot and throw you in. But we gave you at least a week, week or two warnings, so you're welcome. <laughs> well, for the listeners out there, these guys are our ringers. So when we're losing and having a bad day, we're just going to throw them into the into the Merc mix roster there, so we can pick up some wins. Right. It's Swifto and Serpent against everybody else. We we don't even play. We just watch them. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Swifto has been, I guess, mentoring is the right way, the right word to use RSL for quite some time now. Um, that's how I came across him. So I first came across one of the RSL people, and then um, Swifto was already with them, and and uh, eventually we started talking to each other. And now uh, he's here. And then Serpent, I don't remember how how you came across this Discord. Um, you guys were talking with Wyatt, and then I came with him one day. Right. Oh yeah. Guys, when you were doing that stuff, we do get a lot of people that just kind of float in um, onto the Discord, which is all right. I mean, you know, that's there's nothing wrong with that, and so. Um, it's not unusual to have, as Serpent says, people just kind of just follow on in. But either way, welcome both you guys. We appreciate having you, um, you know, hanging out with us and on the show tonight. Yeah, uh, so absolutely. I've been with QQ7 for, I guess, almost a month now, <clears throat> a little over a month now. And um, so I haven't played any clan battles um, in a lower league than like typhoon this whole season so i'm really interested to hear what first of all what uh what's been happening down with uh with wolfpack here so i haven't had a chance to merc with anybody this season you know we are facing a lot of really it's really kind of stagnant in a lot of ways now that the bans have happened it's a little bit more fluid as people are still trying to figure out what's going on with meta and whatnot and what works best and and all that kind of stuff but you know, when you're facing Gaishu every other game, there's only so many things you can try. Right. Well, it'd be kind of hard to get a, a full thing on it because uh, Nightmares was has been our, our most lead on it, and evidently he's having computer problems because he's not in the studio anymore. Oh, dear. Well, <laughs> I guess in that case, um, let's jump straight up to... Uh, let's talk about carriers in... In uh, clan oh. battles. Oh, never mind. He's back. He's back. We'll hold that for a little bit. <laughs> nightmare. Can you hear us, Nightmare? Oh no, I'm here. Okay. Uh, glad you could join yeah. us. <laughs> so I was just saying, like, uh, we, the three of us, Swifto, Serpent, and myself, we haven't really had much experience in the lower leagues this season. So we were wondering what has been going on with the Wolfpack in terms of what you guys have been running. Um, what you guys have been seeing, how much success you've been having with what you've been running, and if the ban, uh, the Petro limitation, has had much of an effect on you guys and on other comps you guys have been seeing. So I know you guys have made it up to Gale, which is... You guys got up to Gale much faster than you did last season. Um, Nightmare. Uh, Nope, he says it's gone or something's gone. (laughs) He's having problems. so... (laughs) So I'm going to say that <clears throat> I haven't got to play a lot of clan battles this season uh, with with our clan, uh, but I've participated in the last two nights. Um, I have not actually seen any 
specific meta. I, I mean, I think at this level that we're at, I think uh, people are still trying to figure it out. It is nice that the uh, more successful clans have moved forward. Um, so we're not, you know, battling clans that will eat our lunch. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that because um, we started like we started the season in Gale too. QQ Seven did. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I guess probably what, I guess probably what you're seeing is a lot of the Storm clans that you know they kind of get to Storm in the first few weeks and then don't really get any further than that. Yeah, and the last know, I, that was absolutely a thing. Seeing. The last the last two nights yeah. that I played, uh, we went about 500. You know, we won half the matches that we played, and um, but I, I really couldn't see a pattern. The one thing I did notice, and I would really love all your guys' opinion on it, is all the matches that we lost had an FDR. And I'm curious what you guys think about that. Um, well, that actually segues nicely into what I was going to talk about next is clan, uh, clan bottles and carriers. But in terms of FDR, I mean, we're not running one in QQ regularly, I don't think. It kind of depends on what we're doing. I don't know, Serpent Swift, what have you guys been seeing in terms of CV? I think we've been running kind of just a mix of FDR and Hakuryu just kind of based on who's available and who has what. Are you uh, playing carrier with them? I am not playing carrier with them right now. Yeah, in terms of carriers that we've been using, I think our preference is still FDR, but I think we've also been using Haku a lot just for the versatility. I'm yeah, Haku has the spotting versatility and the ability to clap DDs, but a really good FDR player can just farm damage so much more effectively. You know, th those torpedoes are just ridiculous. Um, yeah. Not to mention the planes being shot. You know, the planes are unkillable, and you can literally tank a fighter with FDR planes. It's not just like the fighter tanking ability. It's just like a, a really good FDR player can just turn their torpedoes 180 degrees and strike you like 360 nose coke. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind, kind of, of insane. And also, it's... like uh, we in the whole time this like this whole season, at least the matches I've played, we've seen a single double battleship cop, and I think it was TNG. It was either TNG or RNG? I can't remember which one. Uh, and we just like we absolutely dumpstered them like essentially at that kind of level if you have a carrier you should never lose to a double battleship comp like they're just if you have a good carrier player carrier comp is just objectively better so are, are you saying if you have a good carrier player then in in this league's meta you're required to have an aircraft carrier is that what you're saying or um in in higher leagues yeah yeah, I would I would agree with Sakir. In higher leagues, you're if you're not running a carrier, you're just running a subpar comp. And when you're in the lower league, I just from talking with some other, they've run two battleship comps with great success. But again, it's the lower league, so there's a lot there's a lot of extra variables in there that just don't exist up in higher tiers. I think the reason for it. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the reason why carriers are so effective is without them, 
it just turns into a trading war and whichever team like for example if one team has a carrier and the other doesn't one team the team that has the carrier they can sit still they don't have to do anything and they'll always out trade the enemy because the carrier can always get uh can always get spotting and can always get hits and can assist in another surface ships trading you know it, it's you can't hide from them essentially well i mean i mean that's kind of a question i got it's like um no matter you know what league you're playing in, whether you're playing in gale or you're playing in typhoon um the carrier always gives you spotting ability why is it more effective at some levels than it is at others. That's my question. Well, I, I, I would think flat out that you've, you've got uh, higher tiers, you know, you've got, or let's say the higher leagues are, are typically the better teams, the guys that have been playing all that stuff, and you've got carrier players up there that know what they're doing. They're not just, you know, random Joe Blow hopping in a carrier because we need a guy in a carrier, you know, in the lower leagues. Yeah. You've got people that know what they're doing that play carriers a ton. So that that would be my guess. That's yeah. part of it, yeah. I would also say, and in just the spotting, yes, it's the same for across all leagues, but when you get into higher tiers, it's a lot of who you're spotting and when they're being spotted because... If you have, if you already know where the ship is and it's bow in already, that spotting that ship isn't going to be as effective as spotting it maybe 30 seconds earlier as it's getting into position while you have cross shots on it. So having players that understand the flow of the battle and trying to get in into that flow and spotting ships when it's most advantageous to your team, I think that's one of the bigger things that I've noticed um, up at the higher leagues is just being able to have that. It's uh, it literally uh, the margin of error is so slim when you're trading with ships. You know, I, I use COTS as an example because there are no carriers. Like, if you fat finger a damage control on one fire, uh, you just die because you get focused so hard. Because everybody they'll wait exactly the time of your damage control and then start shooting. So, I have a question How much of your damage percentage would you say? Because what I hear you guys are saying is it's pretty much a static game. People are in their set positions. You're trading fire. So back to my question, how much of a damage percentage overall would you say your carrier is doing versus the rest of the team? Because it seems to me the carrier has the versatility of being able to be more selective, I guess, what to, you know, be of being more everywhere than one specific spot, I right. guess. I mean, it really depends, because a lot of uh, a lot of high tier games. Um, in fact, I'd say almost all high tier games don't end with a a kill victory. They almost always end by map control. Um, so the biggest thing the carrier does is it enables you to push somebody off of a cap to to get to to get a position for your DD to be able to do something important that they need to do. You know, for example, if you manage to, um, if the enemy manages to get a Petra wedged in onto a cap, and that can be really difficult to dislodge, but if you can come at him over and over and over again with planes, then you can whittle his HP down enough that you might be able to get somebody else in there to finish him off or just to get him to back off, save his HP, and then you can get your guy in there to get the cap and start getting the points going in your favor. 
I've had several games this season where nobody's died. This is just all come down to map control, which frankly is a really boring way to play, but it's kind of how this game's designed. So as a new player, or let's just say that I was new to clan battles, I'm an experienced carrier person, but I want to make my gameplay better to be um, more viable as a carrier player in clan battle. Should I concentrate more on spotting damage, uh, direct damage, or I mean, what what is an area like? Should I worry more uh, about setting up my torpedo bombers? W what sort of a setup should should I be looking at if I wanted to get into higher tier carrier I think, play? I think, I think that's a serpent question. I think Pen answered that earlier. He was like, uh, "It's." It's the knowledge of the player to realize where you're supposed to be at the right time. Yeah, um, he said it really well with you have to spot the right ships at the right time in the right places. Right. But to to dig further down into the carrier, like I like talking setups, like what setup should I have on my carrier? Should I um, you know, be putting my points or my my um what do you call it? My 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 uh, mods into torpedo planes. Should I be putting them into uh, attack planes? Like what what kind of a setup? It depends it, what you're going for, really. Because if you're doing the CV snipe comp, which I guess is kind of dead at this point, with the uh, then you want you know the interceptor Haku or or the uh, or the FDR tankiness. But other than that, I don't really know what people are doing for builds. I don't know, Serpent, what if what do you even yeah, uh, know this than I do? Yeah, you're. If you just go for your, I want to say, cookie cutter CV builds, which are going to buff your plane health, and then based on what nation CV you're playing, uh, IGN CVs are, you're going to want to buff your torps a little bit more just because of how powerful those are. Um, USN CVs, the dive bombers for Midway. Um, audacious you don't see in clan battles you don't really see uh richtofen much anymore after the um after the reticle nerf it had yeah. we saw a legendary mod audacious the other day <laughs> but yeah we, we were flying around and it was like wait why have we not found the carrier yet and then the dd spots him at like 11 kilometers or something so this is a legendary mod audacious okay Oh, yeah, um, but what you can also do and what we actually had good success with is using a interceptor and whatever the, uh, I think it was just an interceptor plus the expanded fighter range skill on Hakuryu, and that is a fairly hard counter to uh, FDR because the FDR planes are so slow that with that interceptor and fighter range build, you can go and you can drop fighters directly over the FDR squad. And if he does not recall, and if he does not recall, he will lose the seven planes it is in a tier 10 fighter squad. So, what a strategy we had was for the first half of the match, all our CV was doing was spotting and intercepting FDR flights and dropping fighters. That's all he was doing for the first half of the match. You can pretty effectively deplane an FDR by doing that, and then he's basically, you know, he's basically toothless for the rest of the match. Hey, wow! Uh, I, did, uh, hey, Serpent, I didn't think that was possible. Serpent, um, I know you're a really experienced player, but just for 
the layman, the blue collar people. Can you explain the intercept skill? Okay, so the main benefit the interceptor skill has, um, and I'll have to go double check this in a minute, but the main reason- Is that the one that uh, like reduces the amount of time it takes for the fighters to be active? No, the interceptor skill is the one that makes your fighters immune to other fighters, which for the FDR, what you would normally do if you didn't have interceptors is the FDR would just drop its own fighters and then the fighters just kill each other and cancel out. Jump a fighter and fly away. Exactly. But if you have the interceptor skill, then the FDR can't do that. So it has to recall or lose planes. It only has two choices and they're both negatives for the FDR. Thank you. Shifting gears a little bit. I'm a cruiser guy. Is there or is there not? Let's 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 dispel the rumor here or the, the stigma, if you will. Um, is there any validity or any truth that the Russian cruisers dominate the higher tier uh, cl uh, clan battle, higher league clan battles? So, um, at the, I call, there's something that I call the cruiser triangle. There's three cruisers for the most part, bands notwithstanding, that are the three cruisers that you want to, that end up being meta. So you have Venezia, you have Goliath, and you have Petro. Essentially, it's a rock, paper, scissors thing. Venezia kills Goliath. Goliath kills Petro, and Petro kills Venezia. Um, so basically what's happened is Petro is a stronger counter to Goliath than Goliath is to Venezia. So Petro ended up being the stronger ship, which I believe is why they reduced it to one, um, which means that other ships were starting to come in. That was, that was really spiced up the meta, but that's a discussion for later. Um, so I guess the answer is yes and no. They so, they all serve different roles. Like if, you, if you're running a Petro comp and you run across a bunch of Goliaths, your Petros are just going to get dumpstered if the Goliaths know what they're doing. Because to Goliath high explosive, Petro has no armor. Uh, the 50 millimeter deck and sides mean nothing because Goliath high explosive has 54 millimeters of penetration. Uh, unless you're hitting turrets or belts, you're just going to damage them every time. And Petro only, you know, you don't get huge heals with it and, and all that kind of stuff. But, and Petro can't really hurt a Goliath unless it gets flat broadside or you citadel it through the back or whatever. And then not to mention Goliath super heal. So I guess to answer your question directly, yes and no. Depends on what kind of comp. That's not directly. That's, 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 not, that's directly not a direct answer. <laughs> no, the well, it is a direct answer though. To to put it a little bit more simply, which I think they're looking for, Petro is really the only Russian cruiser you're seeing at high tiers. Um, maybe a Stalingrad. Not but if really. you're running Wall of Steel. It's you're mainly going to see a mix of Goliaths, Venezias, and then your one Petro, and then maybe put a Stalin or a Wall of Steel. Yeah, there. So it, like it what does we've not been dominate. doing, what we've been doing recently, I think we're doing right now is what are we doing for DD? I think we've got a. I think we're using a Holland for DD, and then we've got Petro. Oh. Uh, I know we're using Columbo for Battleship and either FDR or Haku for for CV and then some mix of Petro, Goliath, Venezia. If I'm looking, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at YOLO's last couple battles 
And we ran Smalland, Holland, Petro, Goliath, Venezia, Montana, and uh, FDR. Wait, why a Montana? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, that's kind of like the unusual anomaly that you wouldn't expect. So actually, you see a ton of Montanas at really high in in Typhoon Hurricane. And I think the reason uh, is kind of three reasons for it. First, Montana has some of the best survivability in the game. And the role of a battleship in competitive isn't to tank damage per se. Your job in a battleship is heavy crossfire, catching people's broadsides, just working people down and being able to out-trade anything because you just have so much health. Montana has one of the strongest heals in the game, coupled with if you're running legendary mod on it, you get really short fire duration. Um, And on top of that, you get one of the heaviest broadsides in the game, coupled with decent speeds. Uh, and a relatively short, you know, relatively low freeboard compared to Vermont. Vermont obviously has a much heavier broadside, uh, and you get 30 millimeters of overmatch, but anyways, more complexities. Um, essentially, it's just for Montana's tanking ability, uh, where given its role in how things work. Yep, Montana's also really consistent in that, you know, it can really fulfill the role every time of punishing mistakes, right? Battleships yeah. are also a big tool, and, you know, you catch a cruiser broadside, a Montana will almost every time do big chunks of Yeah, even without yeah. Citadel. And we pick, they pick Montana over something like Vermont because Vermont has a 40-second reload. Even with reload mod, it's still in the high 30s. And that's just enough time for a good cruiser player to get their ship turned around and to start running. Right? Yeah. But you can't risk doing that in front of a Montana, which by the time you're all, you're like halfway through the turn, he's almost already reloaded. Right? There's You run the risk of being just erased off the map in one salvo if you do that. But Swifto, why not like uh, why not like a Kremlin? Poor accuracy at range. Yeah. yeah. Krem- the problem with Kremlin is that it, it, if you're shooting across the map in a Kremlin, it's like a shotgun. You're not you're going to hit like one shell, and it's going to be well, an overpen. The problem with Kremlin is you literally can't shoot across the map because you only get what twenty kilometers of range. The thing with yeah. Montana, you run slot three range mod and spotter plane. Then you get 27 kilometers of range base. Actually, I think you run that mod and you get a choice. I think a lot of people run fighter. But anyway, I run spotter plane on mine. But you get 27 kilometers of range. So you you can always reach out and touch whatever you're shooting at. And yeah. one more thing with Montana, 12 shells, even with mediocre high explosive, still hurts. If you catch a... You know, you can whittle down a battleship at long range with that pretty easily compared to something like Shikishima. See, that that's interesting because I get asked quite frequently, hey, Mando, what, you know, I, I wanted to get into clan battles. What, you know, line should I go up or what ship should I be concentrating on? And of course, the meta is going to change with, you know, new stuff being added and the mechanics of the game being tweaked. And so, but there still is a, a general... Um, I, I don't know, a general expectation of you're going to see X, Y, or Z ship pretty much in clan battles. And the sheer fact of the some of the names that you guys are throwing out, for example, the Goliath, um, if you would have said that the Goliath was viable in clan battles, you know, uh, six months ago, people would have, uh, other players would have kind of laughed at you. But, and, and I understand why it is, but it seems to me that when you say Goliath, you know, Venencia and um, and Petro um, was a completely different answer than I was expecting, which is what a lot of the general game population is expecting, which is Stalingrad. Got to get to Stalingrad if I want to play clan battles and yeah. 
So that's an interesting answer. I'm, I'm glad that... Uh, there is actually could... one strategy where Stalingrad still works. It's called the Wall of Steel. Essentially, what you do is you kind of go Russian server on them, and you just kind of... You take as many Stalingrads as you can. Basically, what you do is you take an FDR, uh, a Colombo, a Petro, and... Math. Four Stalingrads. Um, no, three Stalingrads and a, and a Venezia. Venezia goes to uh, Contested and just kind of kites and keeps them busy for as long as they can. And everybody else pushes up through home cap. Um, and what you do is you just throw so much health at them that they can't kill all of you. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, yeah as a slight aside, um, this was an experience we had last season in the last two days of the Tier 9 clan battle season, but we ran a all-Soviet comp, and it was exactly as Mr. Sock described. You would just walk through, and it just took them so long to kill you that by the time they had actually done any meaningful damage, you had already gained control of the caps or had already gotten your positions for a win. It, yeah. you just the only thing with that. that comp is you have to be really coordinated to do it well. Because if one person gets overextended, or one person lags behind, or one person gets a takes a big hit, it's all over. Because yep. HP management just becomes so much more important. And when you're doing that kind of thing, you can't stagnate. You have to keep moving. You have to get kills like every three minutes, or you just aren't going to win. I think what they were saying in in QQ is if you if we don't have a kill by six minutes, we're going to lose. Because you're giving essentially you're giving up caps for the ability to push and kill, so you're kind of flipping the um, I don't want to say the meta, but the the style of the game on its head, where you're rather yeah. than, rather than yeah, the style. cap denial and just playing the game out as long as you can and playing to win that way. You're playing to win in the most literal of senses by overpowering them with health. Let's yeah. talk v Videnzia for a second. Um, I, I love the ship. I'm a big fan of it. Love the Italian line. In fact, I'm re-grinding my Italian line for Research Bureau right now. We all know that the Italian line is kind of like the French line, um, meaning you're not going to really be assaulting any cat points with it. Um, in the higher league clan battles, is the Videnzia still filling that same role, like being out on to the flank? Extent. Um, the main thing you do with Venezia is that, but you also have the added bonus of if there's no radar and you really need a cap, what you do is you turn your Venezia in and you smoke into the cap. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's an another thing you can do with it. But yeah, and the main thing with Venezia is you just absolutely like disrespect DDs. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's got um, an exceptional damage output. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you that, catch a DD, if you have two Venezias and you catch a DD broadside at like 10 kilometers, it just dies. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do, you can do that in a lot of the Italian ships, you know, the Amalfi or the Brindisi, if you 100%. just happen to catch them. Yeah. Um, I could just imagine. So, would you run more than one Venezia on a team? Uh, not necessarily, because it has no utility. That's its main problem. Like, what we did at the beginning of the season when we could still have more than one Petro was we had, for cruisers, we had a Goliath, uh, a Venezia, and two Petros. Um, the Venezia and one Petro went to Contested, and the Goliath and the other Petro went to home. 
Yes. Uh, home was kiting side. Uh, contested was push side. So what we did was we kind of backed up and got ourselves to where the Petro just had radar coverage of the whole cap. He would spot the DD as soon as it got contested. I would slap the crap out of the DD and force him to go away. And we would also have our DD sitting there waiting for once we pushed their destroyer off, we were able to get the cap. And then we would have our home cap for free. And then you only need two caps to win. And hopefully in the process, we'd get some kills on that side of the map. And uh, we'd also be in positions that if they pushed contested, we'd be able to get out of there and reposition our strategy. And that worked for us pretty well until the Petroban came in and we're still kind of trying to figure out what to do next. Still kind of trying to reinvent our comp. Did so, that's a little superfluous. Oh, go ahead, Nimitz. No, I was just going to um, kind of change the topic just for a second, unless you have something you want to expand on that. Uh, I just had a follow-up, and my follow-up was, do you think or did the Petro Band really have a significant um, impact on the team composition? Um, I think what it did is it kind of created an arms race. It kind of created an arms race for who can create the best combination of the ships that were remaining. You know, it at least for a little while, it is slash has slash had uh, changed things up a little bit. Now there's a lot more variety. You know, people are starting to run different things. You know, we're seeing more wall of steel comps, and um, I think 07's actually been running Des Moines. Like I think they were running. I know they were doing Colombo something something to Des Moines that were using fighters rather than radar um, with legendary mod with, with fighter plane and something else for whatever and I, I guess they were having really good success with it but they're also just that good that they can make that kind of thing work I think the they were doing that for the express purpose of countering what Gaishu was doing yeah, I, I think what the Petro limitation did was it got rid of that clearly obvious choice of comp which was multiple petros and it's now opened it up to the three five different other comps that are great on their own but if you could have taken multiple petros that's clearly the choice but now you can't do that so now you yeah. have these five other comps that are all great and now you're you just kind of got a round robin of comps now because the thing what they did when the petro uh, got limited to one is it got rid of the comp that beats every other comp and now there is no comp that beats every other comp there's a comp that beats uh, so for example comp X beats comp Y but comp Z beats comp uh, Y but not comp X and all that there's you know there's four or five different ones and none of them beats everything so it's all up to player choice what people have what people are good in and it's fantastic. It's so much better. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We ran a little bit over with our with our long talk here, so we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. We went way over, but that's fine. You know, we're going to do that. We we kind of started the show and just kind of did crazy tangent 
clan battles. <laughs> so it is what it is, but here we go. Uh, Nimitz, you had a question that we didn't quite get to, so take it away. So yeah, you uh, you told us we were going to have some guests on the show. Uh, we had Swifto and Serpent, and uh, they obviously have a lot more experience than I had. So I was thinking to myself, I said, hey, I want to ask one good question. The whole night long, that's all I'm asking to myself is one good question. What's it going to be? So Serpent, Swifto, everybody uses the term meta, right? And uh, we all think we know what it means, but it changes, you know, by season. What do you think drives the meta and how do players keep up with it? And what should they be looking for in upcoming seasons so that they can keep up with it? That's a good question. Meta, what does meta even stand for? Is what most effective tactic available? Yeah, uh, most effective yeah. tactic. Or most effective tactical advantage, something like that. Something, some, most, most effective something, something. Yeah, right. mo most effective tactic available or something. That, that's, the, that's the meaning of it, but yeah. Yeah. It, it, the meta is basically the collection of the best ships you can bring to a competitive setting. So like, if you think about it, like a Zao is probably not part of the collection of ships that you would want to bring, right? Because, it's, you know, it's a bit outdated. Let's leave it at that. But then something like a, a Petropavlos maybe a couple of seasons ago would have been at the very middle of the meta because it's just so versatile based on what the other people are bringing, right? So the meta isn't... it. It's constantly changing with, you know, new lines being introduced and people rediscovering, you know, the possibilities with like, you know, for example, the Goliath, everybody kind of laughed at it when it was released, people kind of forgot about it. But then when we had the Petro in the spotlight, then people are slowly starting to think, hey, maybe I need this big HE spam ship that can burn down these Petros that pens 50 millimeter with this HE. Hey, look, I have a Goliath and it has a super heal, right? So I don't have to rely on IFAG Henry and cut my fire chance in half, right? I can just use my Goliath super heal and just smash these Petras into the ground. So then suddenly Goliath now becomes the most effective tactic because then you can burn down these Petras that are just everywhere, right? So but the meta kind of got, involves... But now you've got lots of Goliaths around, so then Venezia starts to become a thing, and then it's when you get the circle happening. Yeah. So the meta is basically... It keeps changing just based on what's, what's popular and what you can use to counter what you're most likely to see. So it's just... What, whatever tools that a certain ship has can will define, you know, the qualities of the ship will define how it fits in with, you know, the big jigsaw puzzle that is the so-called meta and how relevant that is in climb battle. What do you do, though? Um, you know, I mean, like I said, you're an experienced player. When you're looking two seasons ahead, what are you doing to make sure you keep up with the current meta and then what might be coming down the road? I just do what my clan leader tells me. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. there's a lot less of, I don't know how to say it, is at, at the beginning of the season, it's not, this is exactly what the meta is going to be, and we know, we know what it is, this is what we're going to run. It's much more of, okay, we think this is what it's going to be, we're going to run this because this is what we think is going to happen. And try it out, and there's times where you'll run something, and then you'll just get power clapped off the map, and you go, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's try this now. <laughs> and then and that's you practice. Try it. Yeah. Cool. And then, I mean, because I know YOLO, and, I'm sh and I know uh, Sox talked all about his um, clan battle trainings and stuff. 
is you'll have scrims between clans and that'll help to start to determine what that meta will be but until you actually get into the season especially with wargaming implementing the bans and restrictions now you don't really know what that meta is going to be until after the first couple of days and especially once restrictions change that meta can get turned upside the head at at the drop of a dev blog yeah so have uh, you have you guys ever gone into a season where you're like okay i think this is what we're gonna do and just been totally freaking wrong i mean and you're like oh my god we gotta change our stuff have you ever done that i think that happens every season to be honest yeah there's a lot of experimentation that happens in the early couple days but things what seem to settle down and comps become more consistent yeah well coming up with comp that's actually a really good question for you swifto because i think you're the only caller here aren't you I don't know, Serpe, um, do you call much? No, I, I do not call for YOLO. Yeah, so Swiftly, you're a caller, so what's your take on all that? Um, In terms of what comp I like to bring, there's a rough outline of, you know, what role I need filled. So uh, I kind of pick and choose based on what everybody has. So see, I need you to fill, let's say, something that can burn down a Petra or some kiting, kiting ship role. Oh, you have a Venezia or you have a Goliath, maybe I can sort of fit you into this role, right? It's, it's almost like a, it's also kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. I need to I need to look at what I have and try and make that fit into what what the roles I need that are need to be filled on a team, right? So and, extension to that, player skill being equal and assuming every ship is on the table, how do you decide what is what? How do you decide what you play? I think that also just deciding what ship to bring also kind of depends on you know, because sometimes, uh, I mean, this is kind of draining from the question, but sometimes I ask what you're most comfortable in, right? What ship are you most comfortable in? But um, player skill aside, um, I'm trying to think, hmm, what, what are we most likely to see just based on what we've seen this season so far? What's like the most common ship comp? And what tools does X cruiser have or X destroyer have that will best help my team counter this, this thing that I'm predicting that we'll likely see, right? For example, if we we're in the Petra season, I'd think, hmm, Venezia can pen... So I'm looking at the things that can pen 50 millimeters with, with their high explosive or sap, right? I know Venezia can do it, Goliath can do it, Henry can do it with IFHE, right? Hindenburg can do it. But then out of these ships, I'm looking at, oh, hmm, so I'm looking at, I'm, a lot of the time I'm just looking at how effectively can these ships do this role, right? Hindenburg has low HEL, right? Uh, Henry needs to give a fire chance, right? So you're trading things off in these ships, but then, hey, a Goliath, Hmm, I have 54 millimeter pen. I have a slow rate of fire I'm trading off, but I'm willing to do that because I have a super heal and I also have this insane HE alpha, right? So I'm looking at what the tools that the ship has and then how that can really make it easier on my team, you know, to fill that role more effectively if the player skill is always equal. Makes sense. I like it. Um, so you're, also basically, you're basically looking to see what tools you have and which ones mesh work and which one complement each other the best. Yeah, and also... Which tools will give my team make my team work least hard to achieve the goal that they need to? Because obviously, you know, if you're working less hard, you have more attention available to divert to like, hmm, I can watch the other flank, I can see what's going on on the mini map, right? So you always want to lighten the load on your team when possible through ship comps. Um, as for uh, Nimitz, I remember you did mention how do you keep up on the meta or predict what's going to happen to the meta in the future. I think that mostly comes down to dev blog. So if you if you guys have been following the big news around the Dutch cruisers. People are already thinking, hmm, I have the airstrike. Can I use it to poke maybe ships that are camping on a cap, right? Right. So that's sort of just looking forward at the news and development news that's coming out. Although you can't say for sure because a lot of these 
the stats and figures are hidden. Yeah. And all, um, you know, always work in progress stuff. You never know what things are going to come out as, you know, the, the airstrike mechanic could end up being totally changed. It could end up not being very good when it comes out. And, and I wish I could say more than that, but NDAs are, are a thing. So yeah, uh, a super tester. Another tangent, because that's what we do on this show. But uh, you mentioned the dev blog and the Dutch uh, cruisers. Um, what are you guys thinking about the Dutch version of the Friesland? Is that going to be viable anytime soon? It's it's a copy paste of a Friesland. So if you yeah. would take a Friesland, you would take the grown again. But if you want to take a Friesland, there's no reason to take the grown again, which is the Dutch one. So for something like that, when it's just a straight copy paste, it's not really something to really get excited about um in fact probably taking the dutch version would almost be worse because the um, pan euro version has access to jersey swirsky which has an improved adrenaline rush skill so you have a tiny bit more dpm i know that's really big differences but that's getting pretty min maxy at that point. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, actually, I have Jersey Swartzky, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, if I have the Friesland and I have Jersey, why would I want the Dutch ship? So for the listeners out there, if you're tracking the GoFundMe to get CyberJock of Friesland, we are, now adding, <laughs> we are now adding the new Dutch ship to that. So it's going to be for two <laughs> ships instead of one. That's Cyber GoFundMe for the Friesland fund. They'll never float out of my port. No. Description. no, no, there's not. It doesn't exist. It's a fabrication. <laughs> Uh, seriously though, since since Swifty or Swifto there is is a uh, a caller, I wanted to throw it. It's kind of a, a crazy little thought that I had. You know, Nightmare and I were in clan battles. Oh boy, last week when I actually didn't work one day, um, we were talking about it, and and you know we had our comp that we were already going to play. We had dropped onto the map, and as we're watching the time tick down until we launched, he's calling. You're going over here. You're going over here, and 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 so on and so forth. And it came to my mind because we were all crisscrossing because you want a certain ship over here, you want a certain ship over there, but it always seems that the ship you want way over at A started in front of C. And do you guys have a specific place you send specific ships and then just deal with whatever you see on the other team or is there a different way you guys go about it because we we just have a big laugh oh, all right hold on I'll, I'll i'll stop you guys go ahead and pass me and you know and then i'll go out to mine so you know i, I don't know i figured i'd throw that out there i'm sure there's a lot of clans that are that are running into that same giant mess at the very beginning i mean yeah, yeah. kind of deal 100 yeah i I think all clans would appreciate a way to set spawn locations during the map. I, I doubt that'll ever happen, but that's not something that goes away. Um, yeah. Well, I think like it's one of those night. fix your game more gaming. I think, I think it's one of those that they're just going to ignore. Yeah, the yeah, other night when we were doing Wall of Steel, so we weren't running a DD, I was playing Stalingrad. Every single game, I got the DD spawn location, which meant I was always the furthest forward at the beginning of the game, which meant I had the most dangerous turn to get around. Because 
invariably with Stalingrad, you're just about flat broadside by the time the carrier spots you. So when you guys like go into these clan battles, right? Um, you know what your ship comp is. You know what the maps are, and and you, you kind of have a set format. <laughs> but I mean, getting people into those positions without you know losing health or maybe even ships at that point. Um, how do you do it? What do you do? What what you makes it easy for attention. you? You it's just you have to pay oh. attention. And at the end of the day, um you value the health of your own ship over the call. Like, for example, if you're ordered, okay, at the beginning of the game, I need you to go over here. And that requires you to take a beeline broadside to there. Don't go directly there. Go out a little bit, angle. Then turn and angle again. And if you get spotted and you get shot at, stop and turn out or something. You know, dodge the shells take a little more time to get to the spot if you have to like your hp is your most valuable resource especially when games are that close 100 percent. i know there's times where especially getting into position where like sock was saying instead of a straight line i would do almost like a knight's move in chess like an l you would come in so that when you came into your island you're coming in from this specific angle because 99% of the time you are going to get spotted as you approach that island. Whereas if you made that beeline, you'd be broadside to the BB that's probably going to be in this area. But if you make that L shape, you're angled in and you're going to take drastically reduced damage getting into that position, which could end up being the winning, the winning play by having that HP to use. Yep. Like, I remember uh, when I was still with Apes, uh, one of our COTS trainings, uh, I won the game with the very first shots, uh, with the very first salvo I fired, like three minutes into the game, because I half health their Moskva and I forced him to disengage, which allowed us to outtrade the other ships on that flank and allowed us to get forward. Like, the games are that close a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably the biggest change going from your squall gale storm and then moving into the typhoon is just how close the balance is between games because playing in those low tiers you could you could lose a ship early and then still be able to pull it back where in typhoon if you take if you make an unlucky turn and get deleted or half health like sock was talking about your chances of winning those games are drastically reduced to the point of the enemy has to make an equal or greater mistake to cancel out yours for you to have a chance of winning yeah at the high at the very highest leagues like you can't make any mistakes at all you need to have a perfect match from everybody in, in order to be winning in order to beat 07 or gaishu you have to play a perfect game unless they make a mistake which does happen but very rarely and that's the biggest difference between them and other clans is the frequency at which they make mistakes like for example you know when we scrim when qq when we scrim 007 or 07 we can beat them but not every time you have to play a picture perfect game to beat those clans anyway swifto i cut you off there what were you saying oh i was just saying yeah you you, you really can't afford to you know be taking unnecessary damage for example really because like 
it, it, every it's at the point where every HP point counts. Like every single like mistiming a damage con will cost you a flank, right? Getting caught uh, slightly over angled could cost you half your HP and in turn cost the flank, right? Because these teams are so coordinated and they can use all the information on their screen so well that even tiny little mistakes that you make, like taking like an accidental citadel at the beginning, they can be exploited to the point where it'll cost you the math. Like just every little HP advantage can can be exploited. That's why carriers are so yeah. I don't they kind of just but important in clan battles. I truly believe that carriers do have a place in clan battles because they for better or for worse they kind of kill that stagnant gameplay in a lot of ways you know you can't sit on a flank you can't sit on a cap as a dd when there's a crew when there's a carrier in play you got to keep moving you got to get on the cap and then get the heck out of there yeah it keeps things mobile certainly for sure like there's a lot less camping per se but at the same time though the carrier can kind of just do unfair damage at the same time so yeah. sometimes the player skill is kind of invalidated in that aspect which i think is what a lot of people are upset about Right. Sometimes when you're getting dropped by an FDR and when you're holding a key position, he can just click a button and you lose half your HP and your skill just doesn't matter. You just get subtracted that number from you. So but, uh, people sit in chat wondering how carries remove the stagnant gameplay. I mean, if you look at old COTS replays, it's a lot more stagnant than modern clan battles is. And not even in... I don't mean stagnant in the sense of, or, or I should say, I don't mean that Clan Battles isn't stagnant in the sense of how the game unfolds. I mean more in the sense of positioning. You can't kind of sit in one position for the whole game like you can in King of the Sea. You know, essentially in King of the Sea, I remember you go to your place and you kind of just sit there for the whole game. Yeah, Clan Battles are dynamically stagnant is a good way of saying it. And now, that's actually the biggest thing that I'm interested to see the differences of between where we are and where WPA is down at uh, down in Gale and Storm. How different is that? Like, do you start seeing any of that stagnation when you face a good team? Like, for example, uh, you know, if you face a team that you guys know is really good, do you see any of that? kind of stagnation do you try to do any of that kind of thing yourselves um i will I, I think stagnation for the lower tiers uh is not a good term because the teams that beat us and i think one of you guys i forget it could have been sock it could have been swifty or serpent somebody talked about this earlier um maybe when you guys were talking about the wall of steel or whatever but the teams that I'm seeing the most successful are really coordinated and they push one side really hard as a group and they don't stop and they have focus fire one ship at a time until everybody's dead. Um, yeah. That's what I've seen has been the most successful in the lower leagues. I don't know if that's true or not, but. That's so murder balls is what you're yeah, saying. Murder balls, yeah. long remote yeah. pushes. That works. I mean, Swift of Serpent, correct me if I'm wrong here, but that works up to about Storm 1. And then once you start getting into the really well-coordinated teams, it's really easy to crush that if you see it coming. Because yeah. you're basically pushing into a crossfire if you're against a team that's positioned well. 
Yeah, because what you do is if you see the murder ball coming, you you know you're not going to be able to get that cap. So you just turn around and slowly kite away as your team on the opposite flank is just getting full broadside shots into them as they're pushing. So Especially what you do when you see a Mong push coming. Your ship's on the side being pushed, turn around and run away. Everybody else pushes really hard and gets behind them. Yep, pretty much. Um, honestly, having gone up the, the league ladder so many times now, I'd say that murder balls stop working at Storm 2, because at Storm 2 is where the threshold where you start running into Typhoon teams. Or they'll just m massively punish you for running that sort of stupid deployment. Yeah. So, what would you say is the best tactic to uh, counter a murder ball besides running away? Because they're not gonna... They usually don't break up once they get to their destination. They just keep maneuvering around the map. You have to you have to run away from them. You, yeah, you basically the point of a mong push is that you can't out DPM it. Um you have to be strategic with them. Essentially your guys that become the kite flank have to do a really good job of conserving their HP and just getting out of there and your job at that point isn't to kill everything. Your job at that point when you're on that flank is to enable the rest of your team to get into a position to crush them. What if, what if they murder ball your strong side? Say you've got, you know, three quarters of your ships on that side and you've got two ships trying to maintain a cap or at least keep them from taking it on the other side, but they murder ball your strong side. That's what, when you what's have to the recognize play? it soon enough. Uh, you have to recognize it soon enough. And that's when, first of all, you either turn everybody around and start kiting or you rotate people. You First, you rotate people and you turn everybody else around and... Essentially, what your job is when that happens, when you face a Mong push, is your job is to stall them long enough that your other flank can get around and crush them from the side. Because what you're yeah. doing when you commit to a Mong push is you're giving up one of the caps. So uh, you're basically condemning yourself to only having one cap. Um, and what happens there is you just you have to out dpm you have to keep moving and if you the team and if you can stop that team from pushing if you can stop that team from moving forward and getting into those caps and killing you guys then you'll win on points because they just they can't really do anything once they get in that position if you can uh, control the engagement yeah um as for like just running into the strong flank what what your strong flank should do the degree of passivity to which your ship should play kind of varies depending on how much how badly outnumbered they are Let's say it was like six to two on a flank, then you'd have your two cutting ships immediately just full speed run away. Although you don't want to like full speed the entire way back to your carrier in the amount of, you want to control the amount of ground that you give to the <laughs> hey, hey, carrier, here I come. Yeah, hey, we, we, we got friends here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you don't want to give all your ground because that's called losing the match, right? But um, you want to sort of try and you know, it's, it's kind of like herding sheep in a way. You don't want you want to keep them in that zone so that your team. The rest of your team can come back around and expect them to be in that zone and punish them and be in a place where they, you know, you can you can punch your broadsides out, right? But if you, let's say it was four versus six, then maybe instead of running away, I'd have my ships go quarter throttle and have just walk away slowly, right? Because it's you're much uh, much less of a disadvantage is one point one ship, one point five ships to one. That's when you can start training. Yeah, that's where you can afford to take you know a little more, a little bit more damage to get more meaningful damage into the other team while. Your two ships on the other flank can go around behind them and start causing problems that they have to split their attention back. The way that clam clam battles in a nutshell at high level is kind of like trench warfare in that you exchange hit points for ground. 
or water as it is in this case, you exchange hit points for map squares. Yeah. Hit points is like, basically, it's a good way to think about it as HP is like your resource. It's like, it's kind of like the arcade coins. Like, you, it costs you HP to do something, either be that taking ground or, you know, taking, causing damage, it costs you HP, right? Sometimes you can get away with doing it for free because you're being enabled by a teammate, but, you know, that's why HP preservation, you don't want to take unnecessary damage because you want to save that resource for the late game where it matters the most. And that's where you can use it most efficiently. In a lot of ways, it's like any other MMO, you know, where you've got your your tank, you got your different classes, really, you know, and you got your hit points and whatever. And I, I don't remember who, which video this was. This might have been a Mountbatten video I was watching. It probably was. But he was saying... Actually, no, it was probably it was probably potato quality. Uh, either way, not important. Um, credit where credit is due to whoever who, who to whoever who originally said this. Uh, he was saying that the reason why battleships aren't really super effective, I was saying that it was probably potato quality, um, is they're the tank class, but there's no healer class. So you will always have to trade right. more hit points than you can get back. That was a PQ video. And, yeah. Unless you're a Goliath. Yeah, unless you're a Goliath. Well, then there's also Citadel damage and whatever, but... Conquering but no, I, I, got yeah. I got you. Just Conqueror things. So, uh, uh, how about the Thunder? Has anybody seen that in clan battles? Because I have not. Occasionally. The problem with Thunderer is post-nerfs, it has no range anymore. Um... And the whole read point of a battleship is just to be able to reach out and touch stuff across the map. And on top of that, anything that presses one just like humiliates a Thunderer. <laughs> I well, I guess at the low tiers, the Thunderer just slaps everyone because I, uh, I, I've been pushing into Thunderer and uh, it's been working. I had a, uh, a Z fifty two something. I don't know some German destroyer throw torps at me. Uh, miss because I expected it to throw torps and then decide to become the torpedo and uh, it, it it just bounced off my hull and I shrugged and essentially, I kept going uh, the way to describe thunder and competitive actually goes back to what Swifto was saying about uh, ships and their strengths and weaknesses in that everything a thunderer can do well in a competitive situation Columbo can do better because it's tankier, essentially, you know, the the role of Thunderer with its short range, really high uh, HE alpha, good heal, all that kind of stuff. But you have really bad armor, so with that ship, you kind of got to push because of the range, and you got to be a little more aggressive with it. Colombo can also do that, mind you, without the accuracy. But you get twice as many guns. You get the sap. You can just you can massacre cruisers with the thing, assuming you get a good slot machine pull on the. On the on the uh, dispersion, and you get the survivability, not to mention the smoke. The Columbo's the tier ten uh, tech tree ship, right? Yeah, yeah okay. Galleon battleship. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where there's yes, Thunderer is a good option, but it's one of those things where there are other options that work better in the meta that is presented to us, in the in, in the way that other ships work. So uh, Swifto Pent. Uh, layman's question here. I got my most recent, my newest tier 10, and from what I've experienced, I'm very happy with it. 
I have the Harugamo. Is it viable in clan battles? Be, be honest, guys. Don't hold back now. Uh, no, not no. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a bit of a brick. It's 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 a really fun DD. I won't lie, but it's not fantastic for what it faces in clan battles. So, so uh, finish what you're saying, Swifto. Oh, I was just saying there, there's much more effective gunboat DDs to bring something in, in a way. Like a small end, right? It has the radar. It doesn't need the full, full spec concealment. You can just bring the radar and spot whatever spots you, right? Right, but, uh, yeah. It doesn't really fulfill the destroy role. It's got terrible handling, so it likes to eat torpedoes a lot, right? It's 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 just it's not very good at fulfilling the DD role that it needs to fill. And it really doesn't have mobility either. You really yeah. need to ask yourself, what do you want, what role do you want this ship to fill? And then ask yourself, is this, if I had to do just this one thing, why would I bring this ship? Which goes back to, you can basically take Swifto's explanation of how Goliath gets chosen and just apply it to DDs. If I'm looking to kill, if I'm looking to DD hunt, why would I take a Harugamo over something like a Daring or a Smolland? Type of thing. If I'm looking for open water gunboat with DPM, why would I take a Haru over something else like a Grazo or or Marceau? Yes, Marceau Kleber. Well, now my, I was there, looking at. Never mind. There is one situation where you take Harugamo in competitive, and that's if you have a legendary mod Harugamo and you don't have a, a smoke Yu Yang with legendary mod. This is how min-maxy this stuff gets. And the reason why you do this is because a legendary Yu Yang, if you use the smoke man, this is if you're running a Nevsky smoke bot strat. So that's where you take, uh, you run a long smoke, I don't want give to give away too much of the strat, but essentially you run a long smoke screen along one of the caps and you sit Nevsky's in it. Um, so essentially then you have like, you know, 80 minotaurs with the god tier ballistics. Uh, for yeah. a little bit and then but the reason why you take a yu yang is with the legendary mod there's very little cooldown time if any cooldown time between smoke screens so you can keep those guys smoked up almost indefinitely and harugamo is a really close second to that so that's the only time you ever take harugamo in uh in competitive yeah you can basically hop off the cap like that so uh nightmare you were saying something i you... forgot okay so basically what what they're saying Nimitz is you suck and get a new destroyer that's what they're saying I've got like 10 destroyers I'm good I have the Halan I've got the Smolan I got the Harugamo I got the Shikishima I'm not Shikishima Jesus Christ Destroyer Shikishima Shikishima Destroyer Shikishima there we go there we go you got it come on Oh my goodness! My Shikishima uh, with my one Shikishima gun on the front. Right, it's it's the no, little the, Japanese yeah. commander with a pistol on his. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. What what would Shik uh, Shimakaze's torpedoes? Were they 600 millimeter torpedoes? Or were they five tens? Six ten. Six ten. I was gonna say like, of course, if they were five ten torpedoes. They would literally be Shikishima guns. Yeah. So if you show up to the next clan battles Nimitz with the Harugamo, I will torp you myself. You know what? I'm still gonna try it because <laughs> we're, 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 you know, we're we're playing in the lower leagues. We're not in Typhoon, right? Um, I, I played in it actually last night in clan battles, and I had a 145,000 point game, which 
I was pretty impressed with. I I was one ship away from a uh, Kraken. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it might not work up in the upper tiers, but by God, it's working for me. So until somebody tells me to stop playing it, I'm going to keep playing it. That's and, a you know, spirit. That's one of the things that I honestly kind of miss about lower leagues is the variety and the fact that you never really know what's going to happen. Well, and that's what I was going to say too. The, the 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 thing is, you know, and and uh, Baguette up there in our chat room mentioned it earlier. The problem you see is six Venencias, you know, four Petros per team, five Goliaths. You know, you see what works on a specific team at those higher higher leagues. You get to see a lot more variety of ships down below because people are still trying to figure out what works. And not only that, you've got clans that are just getting their feet wet. They may not have these. And like Nightmare pointed out when he was having computer problems earlier, that we're seeing a lot of rental ships because guys in the clans are getting into clan battles, don't have the stuff that's top tier, that's the meta this time around. So you've got that to work with. And, and variety is honestly, that's that's what I'd rather see. I don't want to keep going into game after game after game and seeing the same ships opposing me every game it gets old i like variety funnily I, enough speaking of rentals we were actually running a rental hakuyu for a little while because our cv player didn't want to respect his captain <laughs> and, and swifto and pen uh don't think i didn't take your advice to heart i did um i will definitely make a more concerted effort to play my uh smalon um for sure um, I'm just not real comfortable with that ship yet. I've had it for about six months, and I can't quite figure out what my role is in that ship. And and usually I end up overextending, and I get jacked, and I like a, like a big tool. So I'm kind of shy of that ship. But I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a concerted effort. I'm gonna try to play it more. But until I do figure it out, I'm playing my Hergabo. You know, play, I think play the biggest thing to remember <laughs> when you're talking about specific ships, it, it, it's never necessarily ship X is really good for clan battles. It's ship X is really good for clan battles when it's paired with these other ships doing these other things. That's true. It's for example have the, the right legendary composition with it. You know, it works well in that specific situation, and and that's getting into the really min maxi territory. Right. And then just as well, uh, it's also you pick certain ships are the meta because they're generally the best at doing that. But that doesn't mean the other ships aren't also good at fulfilling that role. So it can still work. Yeah. And and again, I would I will take a player who is more comfortable in a suboptimal ship than trying to force a player who is 100% not comfortable in the optimal ship, like you said. Like if you just don't if you just don't vibe with Smalland, I I just I wouldn't want you in a Smalland just because you wouldn't know what you're doing. You just wouldn't feel comfortable, and you would perform better and contribute more to the win or to the match in a ship you actually understood. No, it totally makes sense. Um, I'm I definitely definitely appreciate the advice though. I do. Um, I like the Smalland. Um, I've seen it be so effective in the right dude's hands i've just not been the right dude yet <laughs> that's why clans like gaishu are so scary 
Because they can run seven Clavairs and make it work because they're all that good. All right. Instead of blowing any more smoke up any higher tier clans' butts, let's uh, wrap this up. And, and I want to do it a little differently this week uh, since we have some some super awesome, amazing guests for coming onto the show and doing some stuff with us today. I want to give you guys a chance at the parting shots first and maybe leave us with some words of wisdom. So Swifto, we'll go ahead and start with you first. Okay. Uh, help, what am I supposed to say? The parting shots. You're supposed um, to be grateful, you ape. it's always been my second time on the show and i'm really happy to and you know be allowed to participate and you know share my thoughts with everybody um as for parting wisdom i think the number one rule for you know just clan battles in general i guess bring what you know will make you comfortable and what will make you perform the best right don't bring something that you're not comfortable in even if it's you know let's say everybody's saying oh this is the best ship right if you can make a different ship fill that role because you have some special knowledge about that ship right or you know how to make that ship work then bring that ship bring what you're comfortable in above you know forcing yourself to go really far out of your comfort zone just to fit in with the meta sometimes you can afford to stray a little bit further and just bring what you're comfortable with all right serpent what do you got um well first things first thank you uh guys for having me um it's been a pleasure also, remember to donate to the um, OnlyFans for Cyber's Friesland slash. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, break out the band hammer. He's not coming back again. <laughs> very, very, very important. Um, but on a more serious note, remember it's just a game. Like we we get so sweaty and try hard because we enjoy the game. But if you don't want to go to that level, there's nothing wrong with that. If you just want to go to clan battles, have fun with your with your buds in the clan, just mess around, that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Whatever makes you happy. All right, Sock, what do you got? Yeah, I was going to add on to that. We do, you know, the people who are competitive about the game, we do the sweaty stuff. We do all that kind of thing. Not because we think we're better than anybody, but it's just because we want to. We We want that that extra added challenge of of being I don't want to say being the best but um, getting the most out of the game that we can and seeing what can be done and for me personally I find that kind of thing really thrilling and that's one of the things I really like about this game is that it's not the hardest game in the world you know it's a fairly simple game to get into but you can go so much deeper and that's really fulfilling for me all right kj what do you got oh uh i just want a big thing i want to say thanks to serpent and swifto for coming on it was you guys imparted a for me anyway a lot of good good information um some good things to think about and and kind of help me kind of look at the game in a little different way um that's you know, that's just something I, you know, I, I'm trying to trying to figure out how to analyze the game a little bit differently than how I'm thinking of it now. And that's that. But, you know, what you guys talked about helps. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate it. I do. I, I really do. Um, I know we didn't get a chance to talk to anything about the dev blog, but uh, you know, I am kind of interested to see about the Dutch cruisers when they come out and see how they're doing. So hopefully Wargaming doesn't completely screw all those up like, you know. Like they've never screwed anything up before. But other than that, that's about it. You everybody stay safe and uh, 
I hope everybody has a good weekend. All right, Nimitz. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you guys for uh, being on. Uh, this is kind of cool. This is the first time I've been on the show with guests, and the interaction was great. Thank you guys for your input. You taught me a lot. Uh, I'm sure the listeners were very happy to have you here as well. So, uh, no, we look forward to uh, seeing you guys again. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to go, you know, do some clan battles next week and see what I can do in a small on. <laughs> clan battles tomorrow afternoon. I'd like to play at some point this season. Oh, you'll <laughs> never be there. All right, nightmare. I was there yesterday and the day before, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, last time. Nobody showed up. So, yeah. Nightmare, what do you got for us? Uh, I believe there's their testing subs again. Sub test server. Uh, something, I think it goes till Monday, and they're uh, changing it up to tier 10 subs, I think I heard. So, uh, more in depth next week, eh? Uh, yeah, um, I looked at uh, I, I saw a post about it on Reddit and uh, someone's thoughts on the sub so far um, and they seem uh, a lot different than the last time I messed around with subs, like five years ago so uh, it's going to be uh, different and uh, I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do and uh, I'll make sure to have something to talk about next week when we go over them Alright, Manda what do you got for us this week? Uh, in all seriousness, thank you, Swifto and Sir Pet, for coming on the show. We appreciate you guys and all the, you know, uh, coming out and sharing your thoughts. And hopefully, the listeners will pick up some tips from that. Um, on the Mando front, I am out of rebranding uh, jail, so I'm out on parole. So I was able to get back in the game and switch my name back. Uh, so um, if those of you who are in the wolf pack you see the mando in on the roster that's that's me um after my hiatus of a different uh, personality there but um no names for the week this week uh, but my offer still stands if uh your names are called out and you're a listener and listening to the previous shows hit us up uh the full broadside at gmail.com and i'll hook you up with the weekend pass if you're on the names list and last but not least, my parting shot is I'm going to go out this weekend and sink every single Harugamo that is on the map. <laughs> I'm going to make it my point to aim for you above like you're like the leprechaun and pirate all mixed up. And I'm going to pretend I'm going to get some doubloons for sinking Harugamos. And I will let you guys know what episode, how many Harugamos I got. And that's my parting shot. Okay. 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 Wait, real quick. Two things. One. Me and you're gonna get hooked up. I'm gonna play my Harugamo. We're gonna we're gonna battle. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds like a training room, right? And two, I am so disappointed you don't have names. That's like one of my favorite parts of the show. I I know I uh, I I had some um, personal business to take care of this week, and I was not able to get in game as much as I could, and so I I fell short. My salvos fell short of the target on the name department. We so. Better have week so yes i will i will have uh five names next week to make up for it <laughs> all right <laughs> 
Well, that, that'll about wrap up the show then, everybody. Uh, uh, special thanks to the chat room. We had Annoying55, not Baguette. <laughs> we had Crimson Moose Hero and uh, Paladin of Argyle. Thanks for joining us. Uh, once again, Swift Doserpent, thanks for coming on and hanging and, and having a little fun with us today. Uh, we'll probably, uh, I think it'd be kind of neat to have all you guys back uh, once clan battles are wrapped up. You can tell us how your respective clans did. I think that might be uh, a, a little bit of fun too so anyway everybody thanks for listening uh next week we'll get into the div notes that we missed this week but we we were having too much fun we had to keep on rolling so anyway everybody take care bye bye